Hey everyone, it's Jasmine from Jasmine's Astrology, but you can call me Jay. And for today's episode, I'm going to chat about the astrology of July 15th through July 21st. But first things first, if you enjoy these forecasts, you know what to do. Please make sure to like and subscribe wherever you're listening, whether it is on Spotify or YouTube or just your favorite little place to listen to podcasts. It's a super helpful and super free way of supporting the show. You could also tell a friend, maybe there's a friend out there who's just getting into astrology. This could be super helpful. And then if you want to support my work further, you can always check out my website, jasminesastrology.com for consultations and other astrology offerings. I do have gift cards. Speaking of those friends, maybe you have friends that you want to share some astrological goodness with. I've got gift cards. And for any and all of the transits I talk about in this episode, you can always personalize them further by looking at the houses that these transits are taking place in. And I know a couple of people have messaged me about the houses like offering houses webinar. haven't really decided what it's going to be. I am still planning on doing it. I have just had other things taking up so much space in my life that I haven't been able to get to it. I will get to it eventually, I promise you. But for now, you can find more info on what the houses represent by grabbing my free copy of, uh, grabbing your free copy actually of my houses PDF at the link in the show notes. So third full week of July, my oh my, where does the time go? I said this to my newsletter subscribers in last week's message that Cancer season has been going by way too quickly this year, at least for me. I don't know anyone out there kind of feeling the same. I would love to hear from you. Speaking of my newsletter, newsletter subscribers do get these forecasts a couple of days early. So make sure you sign up if you you want the goods real quick. But yeah, here we are in the final week of cancer season, and it is a busy one. Uh, well, at least it's got some busy periods. I mean, everything is pretty much clustered on the 17th and the 20th with just one other aspect on the 21st. But it's kind of a big deal week in the cosmos with the nodes of the moon changing signs, something that only happened every 18 months or so. Uh, Mars and Saturn will make an opposition, which only happens every other year. So the last time was in 2021. And then we have our annual new moon in Cancer, which I always think is kind of an extra special new moon since the moon itself rules Cancer. And that new moon does happen to be on the first day of the forecast, but it's not the first aspect. First, we will be talking about Mercury in Leo square Jupiter in Taurus at 11 degrees. That's happening on July 17th at 8.50 a.m. Eastern. Okay, so this is a square aspect, and I usually talk about how square aspects can bring friction and tension, and that's still going to be the case here. But with this particular combination, the friction and tension are less troublesome, in my opinion. They are obstacles, yes, but they're not going to stand in the way of a good time, so to speak. With Mercury and Jupiter, there's a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. That's always the case with Jupiter, you know, the go big or go home planet. But especially with this sun 
ruled version of Mercury that is so expressive and active. It's an aspect where we're feeling ready to just go for it and say yes. So the friction and the tension of the square might actually come because we say yes to too many things and then we have to figure out how to make it all work. Or maybe we have this big dream, this grand vision that we are feeling so uplifted by and enthusiastic about, but we don't actually have all the details and logistics in place. And so we have to figure all of that out first before we can live the big dreams. It is the kind of aspect that makes us realize just what kind of effort will be required to make those big plans and big goals come to fruition. But I kind of think that these are the kinds of reality checks that don't feel overly sobering or somber. They're more motivating. It's like, okay, we really want this big thing, but we have to do all of these smaller things to get there. So like, let's go, let's figure out how to do this so that we can get there, right? And it's a great energy for expanding our understanding of something to stretch our minds and try to think outside of what we already know to seek some kind of wisdom beyond ourselves. And all of that might help us understand our own bigger goals that much better. Now, as I said, it might be that we say yes to too many things that we overdo it or we overindulge. You know, this combo does have a very confident energy to it as well, which is great, but that confidence might just be a little bit inflated. And even though I think it's maybe not the worst case scenario, it's always just good to keep that in mind. Now with this overdoing it, it's possible there's some kind of exaggeration, especially around data and details. So we definitely want to watch out for information that's maybe being stretched in a way. And I mean, it could be something that we're receiving or something that we're putting out there, you know, like we could be the ones that are stretching the information just a little bit. So we just want to be aware of Jupiter's ability to inflate and amplify things that don't necessarily call for it. Um, I kind of think like it might be an aspect that's kind of ripe for a little bit of bragging. So just something to keep in mind. But all in all, I think there is a really optimistic and uplifting quality to the day. I think this could be a really nice aspect for a validation of sorts, like a newfound confidence in your ideals and in your worldview, which, you know, could be dangerous for people who are maybe already way too confident in their point of view and can't see outside of that anymore. But I digress. Whatever energy or effort you discover or decide you need to put towards something that feels really meaningful and inspiring is going to be 100% worth it. So as I said, we will have the new moon on the same day. So that's later at 2.30 p.m. and it's happening at 24 degrees of Cancer. There's a lot going on with this new moon. It interacts with all of the outer planets, which is a fairly unique signature and could suggest that this new moon takes on a broad scope, like there are larger worldly and longer term themes at play here. And I'm going to talk about each of those interactions in just a moment. 
But first though, for me, this new moon in particular always feels a little extra potent, a little extra charged for new beginnings and fresh starts since cancer is ruled by the moon itself. And this year, the new moon is taking place within the decan of the moon as well. So there's definitely an added emphasis on lunar themes. So in addition to thinking about the new beginnings and new possibilities within your own natal cancer house, this could be a great time to refresh your lunar rituals overall. It's a time when I typically set intentions for the entire year ahead, especially the kind of intentions that are purely feelings-based. Like, how do you want to feel in the coming year? Are you looking to feel more relaxed, more optimistic, more satisfied with certain things, more motivated? Do you want to feel less angry by certain things? Or maybe you want to feel less passive about certain things? You know, to each their own, obviously, but I think this is a great moon for setting intentions around feelings. Sticking with general cancer themes, it can also be a great time to start something new in the domestic sphere, new daily routines, new eating habits, new ways of cleaning and cleansing your space. Or maybe for you, it's about a new beginning with family and ancestry. We'll probably feel inclined towards honoring the traditions of our families or honoring something about our past. It might be a day when we're feeling a little sentimental or nostalgic. And yet, the sun is just coming off of that sextile with Uranus that we talked about in last week's episode, um, as is the moon. And so there is also a vibe of like, yes, looking to the past to see what worked and what we can take with us, but also shedding and breaking free from any of the baggage that doesn't allow us to fully move forward. We're paying respect to our past and our traditions in ways that are authentic to the people we are now, not the people we once were. Now, Neptune is also in the mix at 27 degrees of Pisces, forming an applying trine to the sun and moon and infusing this lunation with very soulful and sensitive qualities, which definitely lends itself well to those lunar rituals. It'll be a great new moon for pulling some tarot cards, for chatting with your guides and spirit, for tapping into that intuitive space, for dreaming about what a refresh might look like for you. And to round out the outer planet interactions, Pluto is also kind of in the mix here, forming an opposition with the sun and moon from 29 degrees Capricorn. The aspect is a little wide, like the new moon is happening at 24 and Pluto is pretty, um, pretty dug in at 29 degrees. So it's a little wide. So you might not necessarily feel this super strongly on the day, but the energies will continue to build as both of the luminaries move closer to that op- that you know um that opposition place they're going to move closer to that 29 degree mark so it could just be that you get an inkling at the time of the new moon which then grows more potent as the days move on and this could represent some kind of power dynamic coming into play perhaps between that theme of past and present you know the honoring of the past while staying true to the present 
Or there could be a very revelatory aspect of this new moon, some kind of information coming to light from the past or in regards to family. And again, it might be something that becomes much clearer in the days ahead, but perhaps some sort of seed is planted at the new moon itself. And one more thing with Pluto, you know, sometimes it can highlight an area of life or a relationship where we've given our power away and maybe even show us how to reclaim it. With the moon in its own domicile and starting fresh, I think this could be an incredibly empowering moment for some people. And finally, this new moon is happening on the same day that the nodes of the moon change signs, which I'm going to elaborate on in just a moment. But in terms of this new moon, I think that just further emphasizes the new beginnings and the fresh starts of it all. Now, the nodes can be very bumpy and unsettling. So I think it's the Taurus and Scorpio houses, which the nodes are leaving, that get to experience this refresh under the new moon. And more on the nodes in just a second. But, you know, just to summarize, this is a just a pretty classic new moon for all of your regular rituals. But I think it's a little extra supercharged because it's in the moon sign and There's going to be, I think, a lot to take in just with all of those outer planets interacting in some way. Okay, so now we'll move on to the nodes, which is happening at 4 p.m. on that same day. The north node will move into Aries and the south node will move into Libra, and they're going to be there until January 2025. Now, this is a big deal. It's not just about this new transit happening in our Aries and Libra houses, but also the one that's ending in our Taurus and Scorpio houses, as I just mentioned. It'll be super interesting to see how the collective energy shifts, but also how our individual energy shifts as the nodes start this new journey. The nodes move in an 18-year cycle, so the last time we had this exact configuration with the North Node in Aries and the South Node in Libra, was all the way back in December 2004 until June 2006. So if you can remember back to that time, it could be worth it to see what was happening in those Aries and Libra areas of your life or just life in general. Like what were some of the major themes? Those might be coming back into play from July 2023 to January 2025. It could also be useful to think back to February 2014 till November 2015 as the nodes were in the same signs, but it was just swapped. So the south node was in Aries, the north node was in Libra. But since it's the same house axis, there could have been some similar themes at play. Now, in general, the nodes tend to be agitating. They have a churning and stirring quality. They're unsettling. They, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like they kind of get in and stir the pot. They shake things up. They might bring up some old shit. They can be extreme and intense. They sort of muddy the waters in a way. So we'll definitely be feeling that like sigh of relief in the Taurus and Scorpio houses in the coming weeks as the air begins to clear and settle. But of course, the Aries and Libra parts of the chart are just entering into that sort of more unstable and murky energy. 
Now, the North Node specifically amplifies and intensifies. It has a kind of insatiable craving. It's always hungry for more. It can be very overstimulating in that way. The South Node can be very draining. It wants to release and empty out, and it kind of pushes material concerns aside in favor of something more spiritual. Both of the nodes have an effect on any planet they come into contact with. They tend to make things feel busy and frenzied and intense. So if you have planets in Aries, they're going to be feeling that north node hunger, that overstimulation, that insatiability. And any planets that you have in Libra are going to be feeling somewhat depleted and drained and their energy and their focus will likely shift to something that's less practical and more spiritual. And that will be the case anytime we have planets transiting through Aries and Libra while the nodes are there. Overall, the nodes coming into the Aries-Libra axis is going to highlight relational dynamics, partnerships, loyalties. It's going to be a deep dive into relationships versus independence. Aries is the self, the I, the independence, while Libra is the other, the we, the collaboration. And so there is no one like right answer or path here. You know, both autonomy and partnership are valid and important. Sometimes we find ourselves leaning more one way than the other. And if anything, we're probably going to lean more towards the Aries side of things, given that's where the North Node is and its insatiable hunger is, you know, drawing us towards. But it will still be a period of time where we're having more conversations, we're asking more questions about partnerships and give and take and power dynamics and what it means to be an individual within a partnership or within a collaborative environment. We might find ourselves wondering about things like what kinds of relationships do I want to be in? In what relationships can I be my whole self? Where do I have to make compromise? What compromises are worth it? What compromises are taking too much from me? In what ways can I be more collaborative? How might I bring more of my unique self to a collaboration? Now, it's interesting because we keep the same planetary rulership for this nodal shift. You know, Venus rules Taurus, Mars rules Scorpio, Venus rules Libra, Mars rules Aries. So the difference here only is that Venus was ruling the North Node and it's now ruling the South Node. and Mars was ruling the South Node and is now ruling the North Node. And these are definitely the more active, expressive, and outward signs for Mars and Venus. So I'm curious to see if there are some similar overall themes that sort of carry through and continue to play out, but that maybe get a little bit louder or maybe uh, get more action taken on them. And of course, our eclipses will begin taking place in the signs of Aries and Libra. So it's good to start paying attention now and getting a sense of what major endings and beginnings might be coming in the future in those houses. And of course, we will discuss 
lots more. We will have lots more to discuss about the eclipses once we hit that first one in Libra this October. For now, we'll head to July 20th, where at 9.05 a.m. Eastern, the sun in Cancer will perfect that trine with Neptune retrograde in Pisces at 27 degrees. As always with Neptune, this is an invitation to slow down, to rest, to forget about details and timelines, and to prioritize spiritual and creative practices. Neptune always has this dissolving effect. It really softens edges. It blurs boundaries. And sometimes that can be really detrimental because we lose sight of, you know, where we end and another person begins. And we can like take on a lot of energy of other people uh, a lot easier. Or we just might not be as firm as we would like to be in our boundaries. And that is still a possibility here, but under the trine aspect, which is super supportive, it does feel more like an ability to connect deeper with our intuition or the ability to let our guard down a little bit and connect with someone else or someone else is letting their guard down for us. It does make for a very sensitive energy in general, not only because of that dissolving quality from Neptune, but This is happening across water signs. Cancer is involved, and that just makes for a very tender atmosphere. So I think it's extra important to be gentle and caring and to go easy on ourselves and others on this day. And speaking of all that water, there is something about this aspect that feels like a flooding of sorts, like we're flooded with feeling or we're flooded with inspiration. And I think a lot of this is going to be pretty internally focused and it might be the kind of morning where we're just lost in daydreams and lost in fantasy. Neptune is all about escape, which doesn't have to have that negative connotation associated with it. Of course, sometimes it does, but it doesn't have to mean that we're running away from something. It could actually mean that we're running towards something that feels more spiritually fulfilling or that gives us a bit of a mental break. And I think it'll be especially ideal to allow for a lot of room in your schedule on this day wherever possible. Allow yourself room to be flexible and to follow the flow and the feeling of the day. And I would say that anyways with Neptune, but I think it's extra important because there's another aspect in the afternoon that's going to have a totally different vibe. And it's that vibe is like a lot more tense. It's full of pressure. And so I feel like if we can take Neptune's invitation to move slower and a little more and prioritize rest a little bit more, then maybe this next aspect won't feel as crunchy as it could. And that aspect is Mars and Virgo opposing Saturn retrograde in Pisces at six degrees, 440 p.m. Eastern. And this is easily the crunchiest aspect of the month. As I mentioned up top, Mars-Saturn oppositions only happen every other year. So at least once it's done, it's done for a while, you know. But this aspect does suggest feelings of frustration, irritation, and disappointment because our momentum and drive is being blocked somehow. And we might already be feeling that from the Neptune influence. And that's why I say like just giving yourself room, giving yourself space to pivot, to adjust. It's going to be super helpful. 
So we've got like Mars working away in Virgo, figuring things out, working out the details and logistics and putting the plans in place and taking the action. And then it hits this wall. And that wall is Saturn. And Saturn is often actually referred to as a wall or a boundary, seeing as it's the last planet that we can see uh, with the naked eye. So Saturn just sort of stops Mars in its tracks and says like, this is as far as we can go right now. So delays and derailments are a definite possibility. And it's frustrating because we build up all this energy and momentum with Mars and we put in the effort and then we just have to come to a halt and that sucks. And that's, again, why I think allowing space in the schedule to be able to pivot or navigate the potential disappointment, you know, to have the time to step back and take a breath and just refocus, you know, recenter will be so ideal because Mars is going to want to keep Marsing. It's going to want to keep pushing. And that's going to be really futile and draining and just a waste of time and energy. It's just not going to happen on this day. Now, this wall that we hit, that could be something that we can personally work to knock down. Like it might be that we realize we didn't do something properly and now we have to take the time to fix it or polish it up. But because this is an opposition, it's also possible the wall we hit is another person or some sort of external obstacle. And we kind of find ourselves waiting on that person or that external thing to do their part of the project get back to us with an answer, sign off on something, or, you know, like maybe it's that like the weather or something gets in the way and we just have to wait for the weather to shift. Whatever the case might be, we're just going to need that space to pivot. And I also think this could be about a conflict between short-term goals and long-term goals. You know, Mars is very much the short-term gain seeker while Saturn wants to think about the future and longevity. And especially with Saturn being retrograde, the movement and momentum of something with Saturn right now is just an absolute snail's pace. Now, Saturn transits can sometimes be about prioritizing and reprioritizing, uh, which actually might be a sort of lighter version of this aspect because Mars is in a sign that's all about prioritizing and sequencing and so if this is how the aspect shows up for you, maybe Mars and Saturn will get along a little bit better. You know, once that initial delay or detour is grappled with, and also once we get past the idea that maybe all the energy and effort we've been putting into something hasn't actually been for the best, you know, not that we should regret it or anything, but that our energy and effort is actually needed more elsewhere, that something is way more deserving of that energy and effort, which, you know, can probably cause more frustration. Saturn brings clarity, but clarity isn't always welcomed, right? But again, at least once we've figured that out, once we see that need for prioritization more clearly, we can move forward with a little more ease, or at least with the knowledge that we're not fully wasting our energy. Okay, and finally for this week, we have on July 21st at 11.50 p.m. Eastern, the sun in Cancer will perfect that opposition with Pluto retrograde in Capricorn at 29 degrees. So just last week, we talked about Mercury in opposition to Pluto. Uh, so this is, you know, same signs, same degree. 
uh, just different. We've got sun instead of mercury. But to an extent, this does feel like a little bit of a repeat. You know, obviously the sun and mercury have different significations and they bring about different themes, but both aspects involve Pluto at this very specific place in Capricorn. And so you might notice that there's just a bit of an echo between something you were navigating on July 10th and something that resurfaces today. And I think this aspect brings the power dynamics and transformational qualities of Pluto really into the mix. Since the sun is so intertwined with identity and what we center our lives around. So today might be a day when you realize where you've given your power away and how you might go about reclaiming it. And remember again, back to that new moon, there might've been a little seed planted about this. And then today when the sun is fully shining its light over to Pluto, something becomes extra clear. So we're going about reclaiming our power and that's transformational in itself, right? Like taking back power, not allowing yourself and your authenticity to be compromised any longer can completely change your life. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is a super easy task. It could be that today provides you with the clarity you need. You know, you got that little seed planted on the new moon. Today gives you the the sun shining its light onto the darkness and the depths of something that might have previously been obscured or buried or hidden away. Um, And we get that fuller understanding, but it's really in the coming weeks and even months that you begin to work towards balancing that power again. With the sun being in cancer, we could be coming to some kind of realization about our past, our childhood, our families of origin, or perhaps the imbalance of power is within the home. Maybe you're in a very stereotypically traditional situation and you decide that it is time to transform that. It feels like a powerful time to challenge any situation that you find yourself in, to look closer, to uncover what's really going on underneath it all and see it for exactly what it is. Pluto is always game to dig deeper and get to the bottom of something. There's likely going to be some kind of difference of opinion or a struggle to get on the same page, to see things from the same point of view. That's just the nature of an opposition, especially when Pluto's themes of power dynamics are at play. When Mercury was opposing Pluto last week, I suggested that we stay open to the opposition, but with the sun, I feel this is more a call to stay strong in our core truth, in the things that make us, us. Again, the sun is so much about that central force that's driving life, and I think it's important that we honor that. And because of that, I think we need to be prepared to learn that what we need to feel safe and secure might be at odds with what someone else needs to feel the same. And there might be a way to navigate that and meet in the middle, but there might not be. And that is kind of a somber note, I guess, to end things on, but such as life and such as astrology sometimes and The thing is, a short 24 hours later, the sun will be moving on to Leo, which is a very, very good thing. The sun is at home in Leo, so we have so much to look forward to, but you'll have to tune in next week for those details because that's all I've got for you this time around. 
Let me know in the comments if you have any questions about this week's forecast. I would love to know how you'll be celebrating the Cancer New Moon or how Cancer season has been for you overall. So drop a comment if you're watching on YouTube. Send me a DM on Instagram at Jasmine's Astrology. And thank you all so, so much for listening. Until we meet again next week, I'll catch you in the cosmos.